Hi, this is Nathan. Before we get to the episode, I want to invite you to join me on an incredible adventure this November of 2024. I am taking a small group of believers to Turkey, what the New Testament called Asia Minor, for a 12-day Bible study tour of the early church. We'll be studying the book of Acts and many of the epistles on location as we visit ancient cities like Ephesus, Laodicea, Heropolis, Antioch, Pergamum, and many more. If you are interested in joining me this November for a once-in-a-lifetime adventure as we study where much of the New Testament and early church took place, you can learn more by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. And if you're interested, don't delay. Spots are limited and on a first-come, first-served basis, and a $100 discount is available if you register before May 27th. I do hope you can join me. And again, more information is available at deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. Now, here's the episode. Welcome to episode 172 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's episode, I want to talk about the importance of having anguish and tears in your prayers. Let's dive in. Over the last several episodes, we've been talking about prayer and different ways you can be praying and just the importance of it. Now, the reality is we could be talking about prayer probably indefinitely. It is such a profound and deep concept. But in today's episode, I wanted to take it one step further and just talk about this idea of the importance of anguish and tears in your praying. I love the story that is told of William Booth where there are these two ladies who are witnessing and evangelizing and, and they just couldn't seem to break through the barriers of their culture. That doesn't matter what effort they gave and doesn't matter what they said, it just seemed like the hearts of those that they were trying to evangelize were just just hard and, and, and unreceptive. So they came to William Booth and just said, William Booth, what should we be doing? Like, what can we be doing differently? And I love what William Booth said. He just gave two words. He said, try tears. In other words, why don't you try praying to the point where you feel the anguish of the moment or feel the anguish of the, the, the burden of their souls. And then as you cry over that, that will do something in you. And that's going to break forth something in them. And of course, great stories came out of that whole thing. It, it's interesting when most of us think about praying, you know, we, we think about, you know, the, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord, my soul to keep, right. Or a quick prayer before we eat a meal. And, and while those are good, it's still missing the very heart of what prayer could be. See, this isn't just going through some motion or going through some language to appease God or to, you know, like kind of tip your hat to him every single day saying, hey, I know you're there and it's good to see you and hope you're doing good and uh, I'll just go live my life. The reality of prayer is recognizing that in and of myself, I am insufficient. I am incapable of living out the Christian life in my own resource, in my own power, in my own strength, in my own intellect, that I need God every moment of every single day to function and behave as a Christian. 
And not only that, I, I have to recognize that there is no resource, no ability within myself to bring about change in the world. And therefore, anything I do, I really need needed to be resourced by the Spirit of God in my life. And His enabling grace needs to flow through me to bring about the life that He's wanting to produce in me. Well, if that's the case, our prayer life can radically change because I begin to recognize that I need Him for life and for godliness. So rather than just going through some motion or going through some language every single day, prayer should be the essence of my life, that that I should be living in this state of prayer saying, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Well, to add on to that, there's something powerful when I really begin to experience the burdens of the Lord. That rather than just giving my wish list of prayers to God in a prayer time, what would happen if I began to experience God's burdens for this world? I don't know about you, but as I look across the landscape of culture right now, there's so much craziness going on and so much lawlessness and darkness. And, you know, with the upcoming election, there's all this pressure that seems to be swirling about. But what if I would gain God's heart on the matter? Well, what if I would look at the orphan crisis around the world and have God's heart for that orphan crisis? Or what if I would look at the sex trafficking or the human slavery or the or the fact that approximately 150,000 people are going to die today and go to hell? See, what would it look like if I gain God's heart and his burdens for the world? And it's amazing that when you begin to gain his heart and his burden, you begin to feel this anguish that it changes the way you pray because now you're you're coming in a line with the heart of God and you're you're partnering with him and you're saying God I recognize that that you have a burden in this area and I I want to be burdened for that as well. And so God I, I pray on behalf of whatever it may be. Would you be so daring that you be willing to ask God to give you his burdens? Well, a great passage that kind of illuminates just the importance and I think the significance of this is in the book of Nehemiah. In Nehemiah, he is told that the the walls around Jerusalem have fallen down and they have not been rebuilt. So here they are, they're rebuilding the temple after the the Babylonian captivity, but the walls have not been rebuilt. Therefore, it is unsecure and it's unsafe for the people living in Jerusalem. And Nehemiah hears this and here he is in Susa, and he, he has this overwhelming anguish for the fact that his people in Israel are without protection, and the walls have fallen down, and, the, and he begins to weep. And as he begins to feel and experience the burden of the Lord, this anguish begins to move him to the point of action. One of the best sermons on this whole thing I've ever listened to. He was talking on this idea of Nehemiah and the call of anguish. There's this burden that Nehemiah was carrying. And, and every time I've listened to this sermon, I am so deeply stirred. Now, we're not going to listen to the entire sermon. I, I would highly recommend you do that. But what I want to do is, years ago, we, we kind of took the sermon and, and brought it down into a small nugget, just a, just a couple of minutes articulation of this anguish, this call to anguish. And I just thought it'd be really fun to play you this, what we called a bravehearted thought. And as you listen, I, I want you to just let God begin to press you. Would you be willing in your prayer life to begin to experience 
God's anguish, that, that you would begin to experience his burdens, his heart, his love for the people of this world, for the needs and the, the crises and the, the issues that are going on. So let's just take a couple minutes and listen the call to anguish. And I look at the whole religious scene today, and all I see are the inventions and ministries of man and flesh. It's mostly powerless. It has no impact on the world. And I see more of the world coming into the church and impacting the church rather than the church impacting the world. I see the music taking over the house of God. I see entertainment taking over the house of God. An obsession with entertainment in God's house, a hatred of correction and a hatred of reproof. Nobody wants to hear it anymore. Whatever happened to anguish in the house of God? Whatever happened to anguish in the ministry? It's a word you don't hear in this pampered age. You don't hear it. Anguish means extreme pain and distress. The emotion so stirred that it becomes painful. Acute, deeply felt inner pain because of conditions about you, in you or around you. Anguish, deep pain, deep sorrow, agony of God's heart. We've held on to our religious rhetoric in our revival talk, but we've become so passive. All true passion is born out of anguish. All true passion for Christ comes out of a baptism of anguish. You search the scripture and you'll find that when God determined to recover a ruined situation, he would share his own anguish for what God saw happening to his church and to his people and he would find a praying man and he would take that man and literally baptize him in anguish. You find it in the book of Nehemiah. Jerusalem is in ruins. How is God going to deal with this? How is God going to restore the ruin? Now folks, look at me. Nehemiah was not a preacher. He was a career man. But this was a praying man. And God found a man who would not just have a flash of emotion, not just some great sudden burst of concern and then let it die. He said, no, I broke down and I wept and I mourned and I fasted. And then I began to pray night and day. Why didn't these other men, why didn't they have an answer? Why didn't God use them in restoration? Why didn't they have a word? Because there was no sign of anguish. No weeping. Not a word of prayer. It's all ruin. Does it matter to you today? Does it matter to you at all? That God's spiritual Jerusalem, the church, is now married to the world? That there's such a coldness sweeping the land? Closer than that, does it matter about the Jerusalem that's in our own hearts? The sign of ruin that's slowly draining spiritual power and passion? Blind to lukewarmness? Blind to the mixture that's creeping in? That's all the devil wants to do is get the fight out of you. 
and kill it. So you won't labor in prayer anymore. You won't weep before God anymore. You can sit and watch television and your family go to hell. Let me ask you, has what I just said convicted you at all? There's a great difference between anguish and concern. Concern is something that you, that begins to interest you. You take an interest in a project or a cause or a concern or a need. And I want to tell you something I've learned over all my years, 50 years of preaching. If it is not born in anguish, if it has not been born by the Holy Spirit, where when you saw and heard of the ruin that drove you to your knees, took you down into a baptism of anguish where you began to pray and seek God, I know now, oh my God, do I know it. Until I'm in agony, until I have been anguished over it, and all our projects, all our ministries, everything we do, where are the Sunday school teachers that weep over kids they know are not hearing and they're going to hell? You see, a true prayer life begins at the place of anguish. You see, if you, you set your heart to pray, God's going to come and start sharing your heart, His heart with you. Your heart begins to cry out, Oh God, your name is being blasphemed. The Holy Spirit's being mocked. The enemy is out trying to destroy the testimony of the Lord's faithfulness and something has to be done. There's going to be no renewal, no revival, no awakening until we're willing to let Him once again break us. Folks, it's getting late and it's getting serious. Please don't tell me. Don't tell me you're concerned when you're spending hours in front of internet or television. Come on. Lord, there's somebody to get this altar and confess. I am not what I was. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. God, I don't have your heart or your burden. I've been I wanted it easy. Just want to be happy. But Lord, true joy comes. True joy comes out of anguish. There's nothing of the flesh will give you joy. I don't care how much money, I don't care what kind of new house there is. Absolutely nothing physical can give you joy. It's only what is accomplished by the Holy Spirit when you obey Him and take on His heart. Build the walls around your family. Build the walls around your own heart make you strong and impregnable against the enemy. God, that's what we desire. Do you want that? Are you willing to experience the anguish the burden, the heart of God for this world. And I don't know what it may look like in your context, but could I encourage you not just to flippantly go through your day and just kind of, you know, yeah, Lord, I, I pray for my food. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Lord, I, I let me have great sleep. But would you begin to press into a greater reality of prayer and begin to pray with tears, begin to have anguish, this burden for the needs around you. Well, if you'd like to listen to that entire message, 
It is available in the show notes for this episode, and you can download that by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash 172 for episode 172. Well, until next time, know I am praying for you as you build your life around Jesus Christ. 